Hey all welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren, I'm your host, and today we have a special guest. We have Chef Owen Wyatt. He is formerly of Heston Q, worked for Thomas Keller. Now he is working for a company called Typher, where they're coming out with some great new products. I'll be right back with Chef Owen Wyatt. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. Hey all it's Darren. I want to take a second to talk about Thermoworks and their Thermopen and Thermopop instant read thermometers. They are the industry standard and industry leading, most accurate, most durable, most dependable on the market. You'll find these in most professional kitchens. The Thermopen is accurate within a half a degree, under three second readout time, and is the most durable on the market. The Thermopop is a little bit more pocket friendly with a, about a five second read time, but still very reliable and dependable. Check out the Thermoworks products in the link below. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren. I'm your host, of course. And today I got a great guest. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him before. You've probably seen his face. I know I used to see his face a lot before I finally got in touch with him, but I have Chef Owen Wyatt. He is right now of Typher, but you might've seen his face from uh, some other products, but I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Chef Owen introduce himself. Welcome, Owen. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Darren. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about myself. So I'm a chef or, or cook by training and spent most of my career um, in restaurants. Uh, you know, graduated from the Culinary Institute of America um, in upstate New York. Um, you know, kind of cooked all over the place from most of California to Hawaii, um, some time in New York. And then, uh, you know, before I kind of left the restaurant industry, I was working for Thomas Keller for the better part of three years. And then uh, I got the opportunity to to go join the uh, team at Heston Smart Cooking, where I was uh, brought on by uh, my predecessor there, Phil Tessier. And so that was kind of my entry into this whole smart kitchen, um, kind of connected kitchen concept that I've been working on for um, about the last seven years. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little nutshell, but we're going to kind of delve into some of that sure. stuff. So sure. I always like to start out with, no matter who I'm talking to, is kind of go back to what got you interested in, in cooking. I know that I kind of looked through your LinkedIn and you got your bachelor's in business. So you really didn't start out, you know, just going to culinary school or, or any of that. You, you got a business degree and then you decided, eh, let's go study at the CIA and, and get cooking. So what, what brought you to food in general? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of just was kind of naturally drawn to it from the time I was a little kid. Um, you know, I, I grew up watching uh, the Galloping Gourmet or Graham Kerr, um, you know, on TV when I was a little kid. And I just thought it was so fun to watch him cook. And he was having so much fun with kind of the audience. Um, and then, you know, just kind of at a young age, started playing around in the kitchen, you know, scrambling eggs. Uh, my aunt taught me how to make crepes. And so, you know, I, I wasn't really serious about it, um, but it was just like a fun hobby. Uh, and it helped that my mom doesn't necessarily like to cook. She's great at a lot of things. Cooking is not her favorite thing to do. Um, so I kind of, she said I, I learned to cook out of necessity, uh, but it's something that I, I always enjoyed. Um, I kind of got drawn into the, the restaurant industry. You know, I was in high school and I became a busboy at kind of a high-end um, Mexican restaurant, and I kind of fell in love with it. I 
really enjoyed just kind of the culture and the people. Um, you know, it's kind of a crazy crowd and I really like that. And then, you know, I was making tips and things like that, which also helped. Um, and I didn't start cooking till I was actually in college when I went to, um, Chico state, uh, to get my business degree, I needed to make some money. So I started out, um, pretty early on. I think it was made my sophomore year into my freshman year. I started as a dishwasher, um, at another Mexican restaurant. It was kind of this really fast, casual place and, you know, went from washing dishes to, to cooking on the line. And I was there for about four years, I think, um, the rest of my time in, in school. And so I ended up working full-time there. And then I finished getting my bachelor's degree. And when I got done, I really thought, you know, I wanted to get into restaurant management. That's kind of where I finished up at the restaurant that I had been at. Um, I cooked for about three years. And the last year, I was kind of the assistant general manager there. Um, and I thought, you know, that's kind of the lane I wanted to stick in. I, I like that. Um, I like managing people. Um, so when I graduated, I wasn't sure what to do. So I moved to Hawaii. Um, <laughs> kind of on a whim. And I was there for about a week and I had applied to, I don't know, maybe 20 restaurants, um, trying to get into restaurant management. And it's a super competitive market there because of the tourism. And, you know, I was 24 years old. Everybody kept telling me I was too young. Um, so a week later I walked into, you know, I somehow got a, a job interview through a mutual friend, um, at this really small local cafe, which is really popular on the big island where I was living and, uh, started cooking. So they, <laughs> I was flipping eggs, doing the short order cook thing. And I was there for about a year and a half. And my buddy who I cooked with, there was about two of us and, you know, we would do three or 400 covers a day. So a cover is like a person, um, that you do a day. And so it was super fast paced and I really liked it. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun together. I kind of liked the pressure. And my buddy Kalani was, you know, basically told me, he said, you know, you really like this. Like, if you're going to get serious, you should consider going to culinary school. And so I did. I applied to the CIA and I had a bit of time between the time I applied and the time I actually started. It was about a year. Um, so I moved back to California, uh, moved back into with my parents to save some money and started working kind of at a high end kind of steakhouse. and which was really good for me because it kind of exposed me to, to a little bit more finesseful cooking than what I'd been doing <laughs> for the past six years before then. Um, and so had a lot of fun there, got really kind of proficient at cooking meat and steaks and all that on a grill. Um, and then I, you know, it was off to the CIA. Um, and that's about a two year program there. Uh, when I went there, I had kind of clear goals of, of what I wanted to do. Um, I spent so much time and, you know, the kind of casual short order cooking style restaurants. And I really wanted to to move into the higher end. Um, so the only thing I really cared about was I just wanted to go work for Thomas Keller. And so, you know, initially, you know, it was always about going to the French Laundry. Um, but at the time, they didn't take interns. So I ended up interning at Bouchon uh, down the street um, in Yonville. And after I got done with culinary school, the French laundry was kind of in the middle of deciding whether or not it was going to close to do a renovation, which it, it later did. So in the meantime, I went back to Bouchon and I ended up staying. Um, I just moved up through the ranks there. Um, 
you know, as, as a chef de partie. Um, and then, you know, from there I went and, and worked on a project. Um, it was a pop-up restaurant that Thomas Keller did uh, at the Silverado Country Club called Adlib. And so that's where I kind of, I was there for just about a year. I think we were open for maybe 11 months, 10 months, something like that. And, you know, I was kind of transitioning out of the Thomas Keller restaurant group. It was, you know, probably the most important time in my career was being there. Uh, it's just the work ethic and the discipline that it takes to, you know, work at, at that level and to, to work for, you know, an amazing chef like Thomas Keller. Um, you know, if you commit yourself to it, like it just, it's kind of like I went to culinary school to get a bachelor's degree or associate's degree. You go work for him him and you kind of getting like that master's level or or PhD, Um, not just in cooking, but just in in how to work. Everything is, you know, super detailed, the organization, um, which, you know, it's a benefit to me now. It's kind of, it just completely changed the way I approach work and the way I approach uh, cooking and just kind of taking on different tasks. And so I think it's been a huge part of kind of the success I've had out of the restaurant. Um, yeah, it's, you know, just a really amazing time. And then, All right. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in here because you sure. started, you started out. I, I, when I was younger, I started out uh, as a dishwasher <laughs> and mm-hmm. got into the cooking on the line. And I worked at several family style type restaurants and, um, Denny's being one of them <laughs> where, sure, sure. like you said, you know, on a Sunday morning at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, you're, you know, then you get the after church crowd, you're slamming out three, 400, you know, you got two That's of right. you behind the line and I've flipped plenty of eggs and cooked, uh, you know, mounds of bacon and sausage, believe me. <laughs> and, uh, sure. that's where you kind of learn how to work the checks, you know, I mean, it's, it's that's a right. lot more fast paced than a, uh, than a, uh, you know, white linen, you know, restaurant for sure, but right. it gets you into that, you know, learning how to do things and put together something, a plate that actually looks edible <laughs> at a faster right. pace. I mean, you know, not to say that you can compare a, a plate of, you know, uh, pancakes and eggs to w- what gets put together at, at uh, the French laundry, but it's still right. got to look edible. Somebody's paying for it. You know, it's got to look mm-hmm. decent. And you got to work really fast because those orders come in, you know, right. they don't want to sit there for, you know, 45 minutes waiting for their, their pancakes and eggs to get there. And they want it to look edible when it gets there. So you're, you're moving and you're chucking and you're, you know, things are moving fast. So that's always a good way to get started to learn by, you know, uh, by fire for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's where I learned. I learned how to cook, uh, you know, doing that. And then, I kind of moved on to some other higher end type restaurants, but I, I figured, you know, when about in my mid twenties, I, this, that wasn't the life for me, the hours and the pay wasn't there. I had a family you know, a young family. And, um, I was at the point where I was working two jobs just to trying to, you know, make a living. And it was just like, I can't do this kind of thing. If it was, if I was single, I probably could have hung in there and maybe, you know, gone down the road and maybe went to culinary school and finished off that. But, uh, but I always appreciate when people start out, you know, even like some of the bigger ones, like, you know, Kenji, he started out the same way. He didn't start out as a chef. He started out working bussing tables and then dishwashing and then working on a line somewhere and then going up and then loving, falling in love with cooking. So it's, uh, it's, uh, really, 
you know, people can look down on it all they want, but it's a great place to start. And like you said, you stair-stepped it. Now you're at a point in your career where you went through all those stages and now you've, you've been to the plate of eggs and pancakes to, you know, the, the five-star Michelin chef uh, plate. So, so now you went through all that, you, you got your dream, you worked for Thomas Keller for a while. And then now you're on the technology side of cooking. So, so let's start talking about that. So you worked at some really high-end restaurants. You worked at some low-end restaurants. What made you decide to make the move to go to uh, Heston Smart Cooking? Yeah, so um, my kind of like segue into the smart kitchen and the tech side and the startup world wasn't intentional. Um, I was kind of wrapping up, you know, my time at, at Adlib and the Thomas Keller restaurant group. And I got a call that um, chef Phil Tessier wanted to talk to me. And so he obviously had worked for Thomas um, as well. Uh, he was both the, the chef at Bouchon uh, before I was there. And then he was the executive sous chef at the French laundry. Um, but more recently he'd taken silver medal at the Boku store and um, France. And so that was the first time that the United States and almost 30 years had, had gotten on the podium. So, you know, it was a big deal. And then he ended up coaching the, uh, the U S team to gold in 2017. And, you know, when I got the call saying he wanted to talk to me, I was, you know, pretty excited. I did had no idea what, what exactly he wanted to talk to me about. I kind of figured, you know, at, at that point, he's probably maybe doing something with a restaurant or something like that. I just really wanted to work for him. Um, and so I met with him, he kind of told me what Heston was, is, was planning on doing. Um, and that was in late 2015 and, you know, there were, there was just a lot of things, a lot of benefits to it. Um, you know, pay and all these other things that were super exciting, but when he actually told me about the concept and he kind of showed me the direction that they were headed, I was pretty shocked. Like I just as a cook in a restaurant, I'm not really thinking about residential cooking and what people are doing at home. To be honest, I'm a better home cook now than I was when I was working at a, <laughs> for Thomas. So, uh, you know, I was just really excited to, to work with him and, you know, he's such an amazing chef and to get to kind of just get some of his time and pick his brain was kind of what sold me. And so I, I took the job and, you know, what started out, you know, initially we were working on a completely different project than what we ended up launching at Heston. And so, you know, it was after about a year, um, I kind of had, I guess, gotten used to post-restaurant life. And I was, you know, I had weekends off and my quality of life was just a lot different. I was able to go see my family and things like that. It's one of those things you don't know that you're missing it until you, right. you're, you're kind of giving it to you. Um so, you know, that was all kind of the upside, but then kind of my passion just kind of changed. You know, it was always, I was never focused on like, I want to be this chef or I want to have this restaurant. I just want to be really good at cooking. I want to get as proficient as possible. I, I love food. I love cooking. I love going out to eat. Like that's, you know, somebody asked me what my hobbies are and it's kind of food. Um, 90% of what I do um, even when I'm off is just, it's based around food. So I kind of grew this passion to, to be able to provide people at home, the same kind of, you know, results and the kind of food that they would get maybe at a restaurant, or even just if it's a piece of chicken breast, like it's going to be the 
best cooked piece of chicken breast that you could make at home. Um, and so that kind of was what, you know, led me through the, the last seven years was just kind of seeing where we could really move progress and, and have an impact and provide people with the ability and the tools to achieve things that they weren't able to do before in the kitchen. So the Heston Q system, and I've, I have one and I've done a couple of videos on it. Um, it's pretty much an induction burner that works in concert with an application and the, the pans and pots that are made specifically for it that have Bluetooth built into them. You know, you have to have a battery, so you, you can't just use any pot or pan with it. So, but it it's very, I would say similar to the sous vide method where you can get uh, specific temperatures or a lot closer than you could on a, a standard induction burner or gas burner. So when you were first approached and they were putting this concept together, how much input did you have on designing it and, and all that? Or how, how far along were they? Yeah, uh, still fairly, you know, there were some basic concepts that, that they'd kind of um, honed. And, and one of it was the, the Bluetooth connection between um, cookware and the induction cooktop. So that had been well established. Um, you know, when I first got there, we were using uh, RF, so radio frequency, which uh, is not the optimal <laughs> channel right. for doing it, especially if you, if you have two <laughs> systems. As soon as those radio frequencies cross, you start burning things and overcooking, and it's a real mess. Um, so that was kind of where things were at. And they'd had the ability to embed temperature sensors into cookware. Um, from there, like, you know, in the early days there, it was really amazing and kind of eye opening for myself. And I think everybody that was on the culinary team at that point to be able to work with software engineers and hardware engineers and you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I would think like, oh, well, they'll never be able to do this. And then you talk to a software programmer and he's like, oh yeah, no problem. You want to, you want the pot to work like a rice cooker? Like, fine, like <laughs> no problem. Like, we'll we'll engineer that. Um, so I, it, it was just really amazing to me to be able to work across these different teams with different proficiencies. I was not a techie person at all. Like besides sending an email, um, you know, when I was in college, Facebook, all that stuff wasn't around. Like I just, I didn't know any of this stuff. It was just kind of all kind of new. Um, so I learned a ton from them on the tech side of things. And I like to believe that they got better at cooking because uh, we did spend a lot of time together um, and talked a lot about food and, and things like that. So it's just kind of a, a really amazing time to, of just like real collaboration. It might, it might, up until that point, even in the restaurant industry, it might've been the most collaborative um, time or, or thing that I'd ever been a part of uh, up until that point. One of the things that I notice, uh, you know, even with some of the, especially with some of the older time chefs or some of the guys that have been chefs forever and now they have their own cooking school or whatever, you know, the internet makes it really mm -hmm. easy for somebody who doesn't want to, you know, spend the 18 hours a day in a kitchen to actually go out and teach cooking, they really don't like to incorporate a lot of technology into their cooking because what you learn at the, at the culinary schools, they don't really put a whole lot of technology. They, they use the old, you know, touch your face here kind of thing. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so 
to me, I, I see a lot more now where it's becoming more. I mean, some, there's still some old timey chefs out there that they don't even like sous vide because it's too, sure. they don't, they didn't learn it in culinary school. You know, they might just start teaching it now in the last couple of years, but you know, some of the guys that I know, they went to culinary school 15, 20 years ago. They didn't learn it in culinary school. So to them, it doesn't really exist or it's a crutch or it's something that, you know, it's like a microwave, you know, we only use that unless we have to, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I think there's, um, you know, cooking and, and more kind of on the French side, not even on the French side, just in general, there's a lot of ties to the past, right? Like for me, even still now, like my favorite way to cook is going camping and cooking like on an open fire and bringing out the Dutch oven. And, and it, for me, it kind of taps in and I love that. Right. Um, but to say that, you know, well, I'm not going to use a sous vide circulator or a combi oven. Um, look, there's with cooking, I, there's to, to set a, a bunch of rules and limitations is crazy. One of the f- best things about cooking, at least in, in my opinion is, it's never ending. Like you can explore, there's so much to explore. There's so many different techniques and tools. And to say that you're going to cut out, you know, this huge part of what the current landscape looks like, because it doesn't fall in line with what you deem real cooking um, is kind of crazy to me. I, I think that, you know, most cooks I think are naturally um, pretty curious. And so I think that's one of the things that's great about food is that, there's never ending cuisines and techniques. And so I like to explore all of those. And as a chef of a restaurant, your goal is to make consistently delicious food. And if some of these tools can help you and they do, and they're used in most of the, the, you know, the best kitchens in the country, um, combi ovens, sous vide circulators. Um, you've even got companies like Irinox, which has some really amazing tools as well. Uh, and you know, Right now, especially you know, post COVID, it's really hard to get skilled cooks to come into kitchens anymore. Um, it was a real shock to a lot of people, and I think chefs are going to have to start de- depending a little bit more on some of these tools um, because they're they're super helpful, and I, I don't see yeah. a problem with them. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I've always had that mindset of if it can help you or gives you another option or another way to go. Um, in, in, you know, I, I've been a part of, you know, barbecue and cooking and for a long time, and I've, I've got my own Facebook groups and I see them at all the time with on the barbecue side, you know, you got the people that they, they only use a, you know, uh, they got to use a offset smoker. You know, if you're using a pellet grill, that's cheating, you know, right. or wh- right. whatever, you know, they, they right. get there, they can only cook a brisket, you know, well done. You know, one of the things when I first started mixing sous vide and barbecue, you know, I get the old barbecue guys go, Oh, blue, blue. And I'm like, well, let me ask you, can you actually make a, a brisket medium rare and super tender? And they're like, well, no. And it's like, I can do that using sous vide and barbecue and when right. on the smoker. So I can create something totally different that you can't create. So why are you peeing on my, you know, what I'm doing? Because I can, I'm not saying that it's better than what you make or, you know, it's just different. It's like, I like to cook things many different ways and and produce many different, uh, you know, products. I mean, and and different ways of cooking things. I mean, that's just, that's what the whole world's about. I mean, you you go to, you know, Tokyo, I mean, there's all kinds of different foods and, you know, they'll cook chicken a million different ways. 
They don't all right. cook it, you know, on a smoker, you know, a certain right. way to a certain temp, you know, they, they cook it a million different ways. So to me, you know, it's always, it's natural to me to, to mix technology and different cooking methods and, and even moving it, you know, using them together, like with, with sous vide and, and barbecue, you slow, low and slow, you got low and slow and then lower and slower with sous vide and right. using them together, you can make something that's totally different that you couldn't make you you know with either one of them by themselves so yeah. you know and, and I, I that's one of the things that just when people start fighting me on that oh no you know you gotta you know you can't use like can't even use a thermo pen what are you talking about you know right. yeah you should learn how to do the pinch method or something like that it's like why would yeah. i do that if i have a tool right here that i can huh? you know use to you know tell me exactly what the temperature of my food is you know so yeah it's um it's just i i think and it's going to get more and more and more you see these things coming out it's it's going to help people cook better whether they're in home or even in the restaurant so yeah and i think you know i i see some point where you know if you're a master at your craft and you think people are taking shortcuts why does it matter <laughs> to you right, right? like exactly. it doesn't why what what impact does that have i mean for me ultimately like if people are able to cook at home, which I think is a healthier option anyways, regardless, you know, you're not getting fast food or getting a bunch of processed stuff. I think that's a huge win. And if people can get really amazing results at the same time, I, I don't see what the problem is. I think these are all really positive things. Well, and it expands your interest and knowledge on cooking you know i can i make stuff at home all the time but i still like to go out to restaurants and try different yep. things then i like to go home and try to make it there you know so yeah. i'll go to a different restaurant that i haven't been to before and and have something that i've never eaten before and then go man i wonder how i can make this at home and with all this technology and things that we have now um, and things that are coming down the road you know it just makes it so much easier so much more fun you know i mean i love yep. gadgets i mean I got a freeze dryer behind me right now. That's, that's got stuff in it that, you know, I like playing around with food in many different ways. So it's not just even sure. cooking it, you know? So, um, to me, it's just, it's a, it's a fun thing and it, it keeps me, it's, it's my hobby, just like you, you know, food's my hobby, playing around with food, making different things, making people happy. So, right. um, you know, technology is just a big part of that because there's so much stuff that comes out, and helps us, uh, you know, become better cooks. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So with the Heston Q, what, what did you, your, your focus was pretty much putting together the menus and, and putting together, uh, the videos. You, I saw a lot of your videos and they're, they're still pop up there on their advertisement that your face is out there. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how long they're going to, you know, just keep you on there on their videos and advertisements, but so your main focus was teaching people how to use the Heston Q and, and putting the recipes together. Yeah. So primarily it was, um, you know, doing the recipe development and then kind of the R and D on, you know, what are the capabilities of the Heston Q um, and working really closely with, you know, our, our culinary scientist there, um, Julian Weisner, who's a real sharp young guy. Um, and then our, our, software and hardware engineers that were in Seattle because, you know, they're able to make really anything happen, um, but they're not chefs and they're not exactly sure what the capabilities of a temperature sensing pan should do. Right. So 
a lot of, most of it was that, and then it was developing the content. So all of the video, the photography, um, we developed all of that stuff in house. And so got very comfortable, you know, kind of being in front of a camera, doing the food styling, um, and that whole kind of piece of it was my, uh, most of my responsibility there. Well, and it's, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a decent system. I think, you know, it's, I know that they're now they're starting to incorporate it into, um, the full size ranges. I think they're working with GE now to, to mm-hmm. have some of that, uh, the capabilities with have the induction burner on the, the GE ranges so that can work with the, the pots and pans. So they have the, and the app and everything works together with it instead of just having that separate induction burner. Um, right. so, so I know that they're kind of expanding it out into other functions. So, um, I've, I've used mine a few times. Like I said, I think there's a place for it. I don't think it's something I could use every day, especially if I'm just cooking a meal, you know, for my family, a quick meal, cooking like macaroni and cheese or something. That's not something I'm going to use for that. So for, for right. you, what, what, what do you see since you're not there anymore? You don't work for Heston, so you don't have okay. to, you know, say it's, you got to use it for everything. What do you see a, a home user using something like the Heston Q for? Yeah, you know, it's funny when we initially like the initial concept, it really wasn't to, you know, move in the direction of the video guided recipes and, you know, recipes that automatically adjust time and temperature. It was really let's provide temperature control on the stovetop, um, which is valuable, right? It's valuable in sous vide. It's valuable in the oven. Um, I mean, kind of everywhere you have a thermomix where it sets the temperature of a blender. So Temperature control is really important. Um, that's where I still kind of believe the the Heston Q and that technology really shines. I don't think that, you know, on just a solo burner, um, it doesn't resonate as well. I think if it's on a full cooktop, like, a you know, the cafe or, you know, one of the GE brands, that's where it makes sense. Because you, you walk up, instead of setting your pan to high, you're making pancakes, you set it to 400 degrees your first pancake is going to be just as good as your last pancake. You're not throwing away that pancake. Um, the, the current product didn't land that way. Um, it became a product for people who or a tool rather for people who want the video guidance. They want to know that they're going to get a, a very specific result or they're going to, you know, win every time they, they prepare a meal, which is fine. I think it's just a smaller, it's kind of a smaller market. Um, and yeah, you really it's a smaller wanna, niche, right? Yeah. And you, you really want to, you know, a lot of the stuff there, it's, it's stuff for the weekend, right? Like, yeah, we've got eggs and pancakes and all that stuff. That's easy to make, but it seemed to me after people did eggs for a little bit, they just kind of moved on to doing something that's more complex. And so they're working, doing it on the weekends. Um, when they want to do that, you know, pan seared scalps with Blanc or things like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, like yeah I said, for that, me, it's. That, that, that that's me too. Like I said, that's, I use it when I want to use it for something specific. I'm not, if I'm going to, you know, just be cooking a normal meal, you know, and I don't need that precise temperature control. I'm not going to whip, bring out that, that special pan and that special induction burner. So, but if it was on my range already, I definitely would use it. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand that completely. So um, yeah. And I think there's a place for, you know, with this technology that comes out, I think there's a back and forth and people, you know, when they initially come out with a concept, 
what they think it's going to be and then what it ends up turning into. I mean, like even yeah. with, with, with Jewel, you know, when the chef steps came out with Jewel, uh, right. I don't, I don't know if they thought that, um, they wanted to baby walk steps through every single thing. Like it actually turned into, um, you know, talking to Chris, I had Chris young on before, I don't think that that's what their concept was, but I guess that's what it turned into, you know? So, um, you know, that, that somebody that has absolutely no culinary skills whatsoever can just press right. a button and get it to, you know, be done at the perfect temperature and time. I still, I still think you need to have some kind of understanding of cooking concepts to use any of this stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the whole smart kitchen or connected kitchen, however you want to phrase that space, um, has been pretty slow moving. And I think it's been a very difficult space to move into, um, across all the brands that are out there right now. Um, I, you're not seeing anybody that is absolutely dominating the market. I think Innova is probably the closest or probably the, one of the most successful of the, the brands or, or appliances that, that are out there. Uh, and I think a lot of it is trying to find that balance. Right. So I think you either have someone like Joel or Heston, where we were so content focused that there's a little bit of, you're, you're kind of missing the core utility that you want from uh, any appliance in your kitchen. If it's taking up real estate in your, your home and specifically your kitchen, it's got to do work for you. And it's got to do it fairly right. easily. Um, when you layer on a bunch of content, now you have, you know, you're having to click through multiple screens just to cook eggs when all you want to do is just cook an egg. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a problem. And then the other side of it is, you know, where you have a tool that has some really great core utility, but you have to have some base knowledge to use it. Um, and so that's kind of been one of the big learnings for me and, and a lot of people that I work with is, you know, there's a sweet spot where you can bring both of those together. And so that's right. kind of the direction I think things will go. Um, you know, cooking and, and, and the, the, kitchen space is really interesting. It's, there's a lot of emotional attachments that people have, whether you cook a lot, you don't cook at all. Uh, people are, it's just a different thing, right? The rest of the connected home, people have adopted pretty, pretty quickly, whether you have a, yeah. a nest for your thermostat. Um, I mean, basically all of it, if you've got a ring that is monitoring your front door and all people, no problem. The kitchen on the other hand is just, there's a lot more attachment to it. Um, oh yeah, that's you know, even, definitely. Even, <laughs> even with my mom, right? Like I got her a Heston Q and I, I thought, all right, she doesn't like to cook because she's not confident when she cooks. This will give her confidence. Well, she just doesn't like to cook <laughs> and she didn't want that thing on her counter because it takes up space and she doesn't like the way it looks. So you kind of, you know, it's just a, a trickier space. And I think, you know, we've had about close to a decade now to kind of get some learnings and see what everybody else has done. and been part of some of those learnings and experiences so hopefully we can start to move things in the right direction and i think a lot of people the, the the companies that are still around i think have kind of learned the same thing so i think it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see where this uh whole space goes yeah and it's interesting that like you said you, you could look back at some of the concepts and products that have come out you know either through kickstarters or what have you um programs and i've i've seen i think when we talked before you know some of the different sous vide circulators or 
uh, something like the Subi unit, you know, the, the guys from Apple, this whole thing that's supposed to be like the Jetsons kitchen. You put all this stuff in before you go to work and you come home and your dinner's ready. You just pull it all out. But, you know, I'm not interested in anything like that because it's like, to me, I might as well just eat a frozen dinner. You know, I'm sure. not going to have, have a little, you know, first of all, it's a small unit that can only probably have two portions in it for me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're right. little, little, you know, if you only eat like, you know, six ounces of food, you know, you could probably right. feed a family of four, but you know, it's still, it's got too many moving parts. It's like, I, I don't know. I, it's not for, it's, it's for a smaller crowd. Like you said, it's for somebody who really doesn't want to have to mess with cooking. They want their food when they, when they get home, they just want to take it out of their little sous vide thing and, and eat it. And, and that, to me, that takes all the fun out of cooking. You know, I like getting my hands dirty. I like, you know, doing different techniques and, and, and having, you know, that whole experience to me, but you know, like I said, there's people out there that'll buy just about everything. There's, you know, single use type things where like the cinder grill where, you know, yeah, it's really good at making a little steak, but it's a big clunky thing. Like you said, you're going to put it on your countertop just so you can cook a steak every once in a while, you know, to a perfect, you know, that's not something I'm going to do, but you get to see all that. So that now that when you guys go back in and and try to develop something else, you know, what didn't work, what did work and then where you want to go and kind of go from there but um it's just right. funny though you, you see all this stuff that comes out and eventually fails and but you're learning from it so yeah and you know it's I, yeah i think a lot of the times people kind of throw technology into things just for the sake of technology oh and yeah it's, the, the question's got to be like what's the problem um or what are we trying to make better you know you have to kind of keep that the the end user the the home cook in mind like if you're just making things to make things it's never going to resonate and i think the technology that we've all adapted whether it's your cell phone some of the you know connected devices i mentioned earlier those things make your life easier and so if you're just making right. things that you know are, are complex and it takes a lot of ex- explaining to do uh, it gets lost on people and you know ultimately in the kitchen i think the way the direction of space needs to go. It needs to move into a direction where whatever you're using, whatever smart appliance, it should be just as easy as pulling out a pan and putting it on a cooktop. Right. Um, so that's why I and think you, it gets really interesting. And you can use it for more than one thing. I mean, that's, I think the Ron Popeil, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the eighties and seventies and eighties, you know, where you got the egg scrambler. All it does is scramble an egg. I'm not going to, how many yeah. of those are you going to buy? Yeah. Right. You know, I don't right. want the the single purpose or, you know, <laughs> something that only do one or two things. You know, I want like, just to give you an example, the Innova oven, you know, people, it, it it's starting to catch on more, but it's a little more complicated than, you know, a microwave. I mean, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta understand the cooking concepts that it's using. You know, you know, combi ovens are in a restaurant are super expensive and you got to take training on them. If you're a chef, you know, it's not something that, you know, you can just do, 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 but it does a lot of amazing things. And I think those type of products, once they get legs and people can understand, Hey, I can use this instead of my regular oven, or I can use this instead of my sous vide pot, or I can use this instead of this or that. 
I can use up for all these functions. That's where it's going to really start kicking on. You know, when you got these single use or things that can only be used for a couple of things, people don't want to have them cluttered in their kitchen anymore. So. Right. And yeah. And I mean, it's got to offer a pretty valuable, uh, right. there's gotta be a, a value offer there. That's pretty, you know, like the crock pot that was kind of the go-to tool forever because you mm-hmm. could put in your stew meat and vegetables and broth in the morning and you get home and it's ready for dinner. Um, and so, you know, you can be as skeptical as you want of a crock pot, but super, you know, um, Oh, very utilitarian. Yeah. It's very utilitarian. And you same thing with the Instapot. Yeah. So let's, let's start talking about what you're doing now. Okay. We're going to talk about Typher. I mean, nobody's heard of that name. I'm sure a few people probably, but this is your new thing that you're working on the Typher technology. And, um, they are looking to be the next cooking yeah. you know uh <laughs> technology thing the hot thing out there and they've got some different concepts and stuff going on so let's talk about that so what are you working on now at typher yeah so typher it's a brand new uh startup here in the, the u.s um you know basically we're we're looking our goal is to be the dyson of the kitchen um so really high quality high performing um, connected appliances. Uh, some of the things that we're working on are already out. You know, the concepts are already out on the market, but you know, we're interested in doing the best version of that. Um, and then there's other things that are very innovative and pretty disruptive. Um, I can't really mention just yet, but you know, we're we're focused on launching you know two to three products a year for the next you know four to five years. Um, you know, we have a very strong vision from our CEO and, you know, really excited to kind of, you know, join the team here at Typher, um, kind of bring my experience in the space. And then, you know, again, my kind of proficiency with the content development. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of that. And, you know, what drew me to Typher is some of the things I'd mentioned earlier about trying to find that sweet spot between the utility of an appliance and then the content. And bringing those things together um, is ultimately what really piqued my interest and, and led me to, to come to Typher. So can you explain some of the products that you may be working on? I know you can't go into details, but can you give yeah, us yeah. a, a 30,000 feet, you know, look down on what you guys are planning on? Yeah. So, um, you know, the first product that we're going to be launching, um, and it'll be coming, you know, out this summer, um, is it's based in sous vide cooking. And so it's kind of our take on, on sous vide. Um, you know, we're aiming to make, you know, the most powerful sous vide circulator heavy on content. Um, but everything will live within, within the appliance. Um, so connection and all of that that is real common with most smart appliances now, uh, won't be an issue. Um, you can walk up, use it like a typical sous vide circulator. If you want to walk up and, learn how to, you know, say you want to make braised short ribs, you're going to be able to do that with, you know, video guided step-by-step kind of coaching throughout that recipe as well. So it's pretty exciting. Um, I, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to start releasing some images of uh, the prototype that we're, we're working on. Uh, We actually just received our first prototype yesterday. So it was the first time we've actually all got to see and touch it and, start to use it. So it's a really exciting time. Um, you know, we're 
our big focus right now is building the team here uh, in the U.S. And, you know, I'm excited to build the culinary team. We're actually starting to, to do video for our first collection of recipes next week. So excited to, to get back in the kitchen and, you know, kind of get behind the camera, start developing recipes again. Uh, that's kind of where, you know, my, my passion lies and what I like to do. Uh, so it's, it's an exciting time. So is everything going to be technology based or are you going to have um, any kind of um, utensils or anything like that? Or, you know, any kind of yeah. cookware itself that's non-technology or. So everything will be, you know, the kind of, we're really focused on bringing kind of science and science and technology with kind of the culinary craftsmanship together. So everything will kind of lean more into the tech space. Um, again, you know, we're not interested in just slapping technology into things for the sake of it. Um, we're trying to be as thoughtful um, as possible and, and really bring quality solutions to real problems that people have in the kitchen and the pain points that they might have. Um, so definitely going to be in this kind of tech space and it's going to range from, you know, different countertop appliances to potentially uh, going outdoors as well. Um, and so, so no wi-fi connected knives or anything like that <laughs> no no you know it's uh there, there's been a couple of things that i've kind of mentioned that i thought would would be interesting i don't think that's quite in alignment at least right now um <laughs> yeah with with you know one, one thing that i like i'm gonna push for uh probably wherever i go is i and i know they already exist but they're really expensive like i really want um a dry aging fridge that yeah. isn't ginormous and also doesn't cost, you know, two yeah. or $3,000. Right. Um, yeah. So I, you know, there, there's things like that, that I'm, I'm pretty interested in, but uh, we'll see. And, you know, as far as utensils and things like that, you know, potentially, I mean, there, there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity with some different tools, scales and things like that as well. Um, one of the, the hardest things about creating recipes in the U S market is that, we are pretty tied to using volume measurements um, mm. when a scale right. is just so much more efficient and it's yeah. easier. You don't, a, you don't have all the dishes because you're not using measuring spoons. You just put on your scale, makes it very easy. Um, and then just the, the consistency, um, you know. Yeah. Instead of teaspoons, not, yeah, grams and over teaspoons is definitely better. That's for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when you're baking. Exactly. Baking, it's like you know that's the baking, best, baking, that's the baking best is yeah because baking is such chemistry there's so much chemistry involved and it's so much so much more exact when you're using you know measures instead of teaspoons and tablespoons and right. if you use the grams and all that it's you can nail it and the 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 biggest headache at least for me is um, teaching people how to season so salt is not created equal but the weight is is what kind of brings it all together right um so if i sell somebody use a quarter teaspoon of diamond kosher salt and they use a quarter teaspoon of iodized table salt it's going to be twice as salty so exactly but the i think the biggest place where people kind of drop the ball when they're cooking is they don't season appropriately either they right. over season or they and generally it's under season um and so that's Someday it'd be nice if we kind of moved away and got on the same band, <laughs> the same, the same train that everybody else on the, 
in the world is on and, and go to metric. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. So, so that's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have to uh, come out with. And I'm glad it's, they're taking their time with some stuff. They're not, you know, it's not just yeah. like a one, one thing that they're going to stick a Kickstarter out there. And I've seen a lot of those come and go in the last few years. Um, we've talked about it before. And when we were on the phone about like the, you know, mellow SUV, the nice wave SUV, they had all these grandiose dreams when they got the Kickstarter out there. It was going to have a meal service tied to it and all this kind of scan yeah. and it'll cook it for you. I mean, some of those things were like, yeah. And then they just never came to fruition because when they got the actual product, they had so many issues with it and so many returns that their initial, you know, funding, you know, dried up and they pretty much went out of business because they, right. all the, you know, you know, it's, it's great to have a, a prototype, and run it and see how it works. But when you go to mass market, it's totally different. I mean, some, right. some big companies have learned that like Weber, when they had their pellet grill come out, they learned that, right. you know, the, the few that they had as uh, in-house as uh, demos that were the prototypes didn't work anywhere near like the ones that were coming off the mass uh, production line. And they had right. a lot of issues and had to fix them and, you know, took a black eye for it so um so i'm glad you guys are taking your time and hopefully you know you guys will uh make sure it's right before it gets out there for sure yeah absolutely i mean it's especially at the launch of a company you, you kind of only get one one chance at, at, at launching a brand in a company so you know we're really focused on you know it won't be the most disruptive product on the planet um but our belief is we're going to make it you know the best sous vide experience that you can have um and and like you said we're taking our time we've got a lot of smart people uh working on it so we're excited to get it out there all right well i think we uh we i know you can't go into much detail because there's still a lot of things on the drawing board and you don't want to give your compet your competitors any kind of edge on sure. what you guys are working on but um is there anything else you wanted to discuss about uh what's going on in the in the cooking yeah. market right now no, I think it's kind of an interesting time. Um, I think we're going to have to wait and see how some, you know, I know Chris Young's working on a really interesting project with uh, a probe. And I, yeah, I think he's a really smart guy. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. And so I'm excited to see what comes up in the next couple of years and really excited to see where we take things with Typher. I think it's, um, you know, we're going to be very busy and I think there's there's going to be a lot coming out here fairly soon and we're going to be working with some really amazing partners as well so a lot of exciting stuff coming up um, but besides that that's kind of that's all i got yeah i think that's great i mean i think like i said there's a lot of new things that come out and a, a lot of people are, look at it and go hey that's a good idea but maybe i could do it a little bit better and i think that's what you guys are doing at typher you know you're not yeah. like you said you're not reinventing the wheel you're just making that wheel a little shinier or maybe you know, function a little bit better than what's already out there. And then maybe down the road, you know, there's going to be some stuff that maybe are going to be more groundbreaking and all that. But um, I think that's always good because, you know, if you learn from other people's mistakes, it's a lot better than learning from yours. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and specifically in this kind of space that we're in, it's um, there's a lot that we can learn from, from, from other people's mistakes and things that they've done well. And so, I, you know, we're set up, you know, we're a very well-funded company. Um, like I said, very strong vision. So I think 
we're in a very good position to do things, you know, the right way and and put up a compelling um, set of products that are going to be, you know, really powerful and valuable for people. So just to let where everybody can find you guys. So where are you guys at right now? As far as where can they look you up online? You got a Facebook page, yeah. type, all that. So I know your, your yeah. website's very limited right now. So. Yeah, so we're we're working on uh, redoing the website. Um, you know, our CEO and engineering is based in Shenzhen, China, and so you know the website that we have right now is really for hiring uh, people here uh, in the U.S. So it's very vague, but we will be getting a new website up in the next couple of weeks that will uh, provide quite a bit more information. And uh, I think the word is sketchy. It won't be as, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty vague. So, uh, besides that, you can find us at Typher culinary on Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then it's, I believe Typher on Facebook as well. And yeah, it's yeah, Typher culinary out. on Facebook as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, right now we've got a lot of content out there, kind of, you know, just free recipes and things like that, trying to, you know, establish a little bit of, of authority in the space, um, until we get, you know, our, our first appliance out there here in the next couple of weeks um, for people to see. So, you know, if you're interested, give us a follow. Really appreciate it. And, you know, we're excited to to get out in front of people here in the, in the following months. Well, I'm looking forward to the products you guys are going to produce. They got a good guy with you. You got definitely got the experience. You got the culinary chops. I like the fact that you started out, you know, as a line cook, you know, it's just slinging hash like I used to do. And, um, then you, you, sure. you moved into this space and, you know, you have the experience of helping develop the Heston Q. So I know that, um, you've kind of learned some of the things that were successful with them and some of the things that weren't that you're going to bring to this. So, uh, it looks right. like they're putting a good team together. They're not just, um, throwing something out there and see if it sticks. It looks like they they're really thinking this through and trying to put out products that are going to make sense. So I want to thank you for joining me and make sure you guys check out Typher culinary on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can look up their website, but like you said, there's not a whole lot of stuff on, uh, on Typher's uh, website right now, but All right. keep just make sure you follow them on Facebook. Cause there's going to be some interesting things coming out. And you said the pictures of the prototype will be out here soon. So we're doing product photography next week. So it'll be out and okay, about cool. here very, very soon. Yeah. Absolutely. So if they follow you on Facebook, they'll, they'll eventually, you know, in the next couple of weeks, they'll see some pictures of it. Yeah. And we'll be, you know, um, any kind of new developments and all that, we'll be putting that out through social as well. All righty. Well, thanks Owen. I appreciate it again and uh, look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on Darren. I appreciate it. I'll see you in the next one. All right. Take care. Well, there you have it, guys. Introduction to Owen uh, Wyatt of Typher Culinary. Uh, make sure you check out Typher Culinary on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, keep an up eye on them. They'll be coming out with some great products. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram. And I'll see you again on the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. <laughs>